For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. It is the Cardinals-specific show. Bring it to you with, with my man, the one and only Ed Smith. My name is Javon J. Love Adams, and as I mentioned, my partner is Ed Easy Smith. He not only played professional baseball, but he also played a little bit of that hut, 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 that football there. So he is a vested He's a veteran, so he played four seasons in the NFL. Four, and I—that's that's four more than I played. And I'm saying, man, he got the he got the uh, the limps and the and the aches and pains to prove it. So, how you living, man? Doing well, man. Can't believe it's time for some real football, bro. We finally made it. It okay. I I subscribe to what I, I've heard a lot of people say. It doesn't even seem like football is coming back because we didn't have a preseason because we have the NFL playoffs going on right now, the NHL playoffs going on right now. We got, what is it, Wimbledon going on right We got all this stuff. The U.S. Open, I should say, U.S. Open. We got baseball going, well, baseball would have been going on anyway, but it's just it's just crazy. We know it's all because of that that 1-9, as my man Star Saxon likes to say, that 1-9 that's, that's, that's popped off. But so we bring we bring you our version of how we talk about the, the Arizona Cardinals. We bring it from a macro and a little bit of micro because, of course, Ed was in those locker rooms and, and, we, and we love to get his uh, insight. And then I, I, you know, give you my insight from or my opinions from from that uh, guy up in the stands type of thing, what we have going on. So this week. A few things. Of course, we got to talk about that matchup, the week one, and we touched on it in, in some detail last week with the – we had Earl Casual E. Burnett of KSRNAZ.com on last week uh, talking about the 49ers matchup. But, of course, we're going to bring that up a little bit more and talk about that. And then uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on the depth chart. So we so since the week one is coming up, of course, you had to, to, to solidify the depth chart. I want to get your thoughts since you since you played on teams and as you you've you've mentioned and correct me if I'm wrong, but you mentioned that you weren't necessarily the star player on your team, so you had to to scratch and scratch and claw for every for every snap and every every contract that you got. So I want to get your thoughts on not only making that 53 man roster, but some of those times when you know if if you had anywhere you didn't make that 53 man roster, and so the emotions that you go through. And along those lines, I also wanted to touch on. Uh, the DeAndre Hopkins uh, contract extension. Uh, get a, your thoughts on 
do you, would you have been able to handle uh, negotiating your own contracts? And so get your thoughts on that. And then lastly, uh, the team captain. So how important is it that Kyler Murray is a captain uh, in his second year? And then what about Patrick Peterson also being a captain as well? So the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Of course, being the four, not the 49er fan, but of course, being the, the Raiders fan that I am moving to Las Vegas, I'm looking at that line in terms of this first week. So I'm trying to look at that. I'm, I think I, sometimes your, your, your emotions get the best of you, but I'm looking at that line most definitely for sure. So we'll see if I pull the trigger on that. But from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well because you know it never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. So again, my man Ed Smith, I want to I ask you, if we're looking at the depth chart, so when, when everything is, you, I think you've mentioned before on the show where you, where you walked into the, the coach's room or you were walking down the hall and you happened to see the depth chart during training camp and saw where you were at and said, okay, I can live with that right now for where I'm at and doing all that. So when you look at the depth chart for, well, you've been, you've been a position coach uh, in terms of on the, the JUCO level. So when you're creating those depth charts, can you give a little bit of insight as to what it's like when you're creating a depth chart? And then I wanted to get your thoughts on the Arizona Cardinals and, you know, take it wherever you want in terms of some of the, maybe uh, the depth chart as you see for the Arizona Cardinals as it stands before week one. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting. You know, you, People just think, you know, you get the 53-man roster and then you got, you know, guys in each position. But that depth chart is really important. And it's something that's really fluid, too. Even during the season, once they establish it, Jay, they are still working that thing all the way through the season, trying to see where they can improve it. Uh, you know, you got the guys on the back end of it. You know, you look at the Cardinals, uh, you know, offensive depth chart, and they've got it down to third string. Very rarely will you get to, like, fourth string, uh, on depth charts. So it's usually three guys at the majority of positions. Obviously with offensive line, you've got your five starters and you've got somebody backing up in each position. But, you know, it's kind of one of those things, man. It's a fluid thing all the way through the season. Uh, as a player, you know, like I said, I saw a couple times where I stood and as long as I wasn't in that last position, if, you know, during camp, you know, you normally have additional players and you've got your fourth and fifth string wide receivers, et cetera, et cetera. You know, as long as you're not in that last position, it's a you know, you still you still have a fighting chance. You know, on that last line, that's that cut line. You know, but uh, you know they they trimmed it down. Uh, they've got a, a good uh, crop of young talent mixed in with some of the veterans here. So I think it's going to be a, a interesting start to the season. You know, as far as that depth chart though, you know, as a player, like I said, you know, and you want to talk real quick, I'll talk real quick about what it's like to make that roster. You know, when. Uh, the, the final cuts are made, man, it is a joy. It's it's an experience that all that hard work and everything you put in, you know, you finally get that approval and you get that nod to, to be on that roster. I remember the first couple of times it happened to me, man. And it was, you know, especially the uphill battle I was climbing, you know, coming from nine year baseball career. I didn't even think it was possible to even just make training camp, but then to make a full roster coming out of the of training camp and know that, 
you know, you now are one of the 53 that's going to start the season. Nothing like it. On the flip side, there were a couple of times where I was one of the last two to be let go. And, you know, that can be so frustrating and you start wondering, where's my career going from here? But now, I'm going you know, to pause you right there. So when yeah. you mentioned you felt that you were maybe one of the last two, do you have those regrets, meaning that was it that one route that I didn't run? Was it that block that I missed or that ball that I dropped? What goes what goes through your head when that when that happens? Everybody's situation is different. You know, I was always encouraged by my coaches, uh, from my position coach and even, you know, head coaches when I finally had to talk to them if I didn't make the cut. And it was never for performance. It was always because of circumstance. I was in Detroit one year, uh, and I was the, one of the last guys to be let go. What happened was, couple, and I'll, I'll say is a couple of the veterans that were there along with me, they were kind of, they had been there prior to me. So they kind of felt the comfort. So they kind of took training camp off yeah. with some injuries that, you know, they kind of coasted. I did all the heavy work on preseason and really stamped my name on everything. But when it came down to it, head coach at the time, he kind of said he didn't like for guys to lose their position because of injury. Huh. And, and meanwhile, I was like, you know, and it was coach Bobby Ross, you know, and, and he's a really nice guy, you know, but for me, it was like, okay, well, all that hard work and everything I put in, that doesn't amount to nothing, you know, but you know, it was circumstance in my career. I was never, I never looked back on one pass or anything I dropped or a performance. It was always one of those things. It was just circumstance. And I understood, even though it didn't take the whole sting out of it, but for someone who maybe didn't put the effort in, didn't get into their playbook, constantly being called out for mistakes, maybe doing camp, you know, in the end, and this is, you can attest to this in performance and life in general, right. just in regular, you know, positions in the corporate world, when you are released or fired or something that you can do one of two things, you can look internally and say, what well, could I have done better? And then sometimes you can say, hey, look, I did everything I could, circumstances warranted this, or, you know, you can you know, mumble jumble about, well, I didn't get a fair shot and this and that. But meanwhile, knowing inside, man, I should have put the time in, I should have put that effort in and maybe I would have been on the other side. Interesting. Interesting. So is there anything when you're looking at one of the things I see if, when we're looking at the, uh, the wide receiver position, Larry Fitzgerald, of course, first string, we got Andy and Andy Isabella that they have the Cardinals on their website kind of backing up uh, Fitz. And then we have, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, of course, but then Trent Sherfield uh, backing up him. And we have also Christian Kirk and we have Keyshawn Johnson. That is uh, that, that where he is behind uh, Christian Kirk. Any that, that, that plays pretty much the way you thought it would go, right? Yeah, it did. And, you know, we've, uh, it's one of those things where because there wasn't a preseason, yeah. the coaches, you know, they really had to go on, I guess sightseeing what they're seeing during camp yeah. and not necessarily with the live action against other teams. And I guarantee you there, there's a little second guessing that might go on because you didn't get full evaluation, but at the same time, you know, they, they have a, an idea of, of who fits best for the roster. Yeah. And like I said, this was just such a unique year with no preseason. And the other thing, Remember, Jay, some of these younger guys, they really didn't get a chance to show anything other than, like I said, training camp or practice, I should say. And in some instances, that won't be a fair, you know, assessment, but it is what it is this year. No, no. So I want to ask you that because I, I know 
you you I'm sure that you've been in the position to, to hire people in, in the corporate world. Uh, I know I've been in the position to hire people. So you have to almost essentially sign your name and say that person I'm down to bring on. So if you, you end up letting that person go with them before their orientation period ends, then uh, before, before their probation period ends, then that look that reflects poorly on you when you were when you were a position coach and you had to say, we, I want this kid at this spot or whatever it is. Did you ever have, what, what goes into a coach's mind? Because I'm sure a lot of these position coaches are the ones saying, no, this is where I think this person should stack number should be second in line instead of third should be first instead of second, et cetera. What, what do you you ever have any reservations about that when you're saying, all right, so I'm trying to say that, that Mike Smith should be here as opposed to Tommy Jones. You know what I'm saying? You know what comes into play a lot of times, Jay, is contracts and where you were drafted, which is very unfair, but it is a money game. It's a business, and some, especially when an organization goes out and they put a lot of stock into, you know, drafting a guy high, and then it's almost like, well, we can't look stupid. We can't have this guy fourth string if we spend a first or second round pick on him. So sometimes it just comes down to where you were drafted and what's really unfair, and it is, I can't even call it unfair, it's life in general, is you got guys who were out there working like like somebody like me. I knew every snap was could be my last. So I'm out there bleeding and sweating. And, and then you got some of the higher-round draft picks that know that, hey, I was drafted in the first round. You know, sure. yeah, I ain't got nothing to worry about. So they just do what they do. In the end, I've actually, I have actually had one position coach, and this was when I was in Detroit. Uh, my position coach was uh, Danny Smith. And uh, he's now, he's been defensive uh, stress teams coordinator with the Steelers for years now, but he literally almost cried when he had to give me the news that they were letting me go because he knew what I had poured into it. At the same time, those coaches, they try to, the good ones will try to, I guess, light a fire under guys that don't have that burning desire yet, or they're coasting a little bit, right. kind of give them warning signs. But in the end, it comes down to, you know, like I said, the director of player personnel and uh, GMs and head coach and on down, you know, down the position coach, they're all making their assumptions. It's not always a fair choice at the end, but, you know, the, the eyes are always watching. And maybe, they, uh, you know. No, I was going to say, maybe, maybe that's why it was so, so much of a, uh, of of an eye opener when Russell Wilson won, won the starting position um, when he being where he was drafted and they had just signed the a big name free agent so it does take a, I guess a lot of gumption a lot of cojones to be able to make that change uh, especially when you mention draft position or when you mention uh, contracts etc that often play a part absolutely but on the flip side that shows you how much Russell Wilson. Uh, impressed them for them because I, I remember the quarterback you're talking to. He was in Green Bay. Yes, and he, had had a, that, he had that. Yeah, that one. one game. <laughs> yeah, one hit wonder, and they gave him all that money. Ooh. You know how tough it was for them to uh, not just to make the change, but admit, hey, we might have missed this one, and to to move on that quick, not even give him a start. And I'm sorry, his name doesn't. Yeah, I know uh, what you hit my, But yeah, it's one of those things, man. That that's a gutsy call. Especially, yes. I think Russell Wilson was uh, he was a fourth fourth round pick, so it wasn't like he was a bonus baby stepping into the position. It was like, well, you know, we can do this. So those are those are far and few between, but you know, it, it, it they do happen. Indeed. So believe in the Arizona Cardinals. So I want to transition a little bit 
And of course, we're, we are going to get into the matchup again with the 49ers. We touched on that a little bit last week, but but I wanted to talk about, so we know that the, the captains have been named. I think there are eight Cardinals named eight captains, and this is according to uh, cardswire.com, uh, but cards named eight, captain, eight captains. And so among those that I wanted to start the conversation with, or of course, we know that Larry Fitzgerald, he's, he's a captain. So that goes without saying, we, we know what, what he means to the team, but what is the significance of a second year quarterback? We know the quarterback is supposed to be the leader. That's, that's the, that is part of the job responsibility, the job requirements. When you're coming in, the quarterback is supposed to be that leader, but what does that say? If anything about Kyler Murray in terms of being named one of the eight captains going into the season? Well, I won't say it's status quo because we've seen where quarterbacks have not been, you know, named captain of the team. But for the most part, being the leader of that offense and especially being somewhat the face of the franchise, you almost expect that. If I would be more surprised if he wasn't named the captain because that would tell me something is really wrong behind the scenes. Right. You know, he's either not – who knows, he just doesn't have that leadership quality or – uh, maybe they just don't have the confidence in him, whatever it is. But, I mean, it's a it's a great sign that he is, but it doesn't surprise me because your quarterback is the leader of the – you know, we, we talk about just the offense, but in most cases, leader of the team and the franchise. So it's actually encouraging. Um, you know, and we I think uh, last year we questioned a little bit about his voice, meaning, you know, was he too soft-spoken? Was he – you know, I think he took some steps, and you and I talked about this earlier – when they had the obviously when we were going through all the coronavirus stuff yes. and he actually flew a bunch of guys out to Texas and had them working out. And that was a sign right there that he was ready to step up. And I think the reward is that captain with the C on the chest, man, but it doesn't surprise me that he is. What's interesting is because again, this I'm looking at the story that uh, Jess Root from Cards Wire <clears throat> ended up writing. And so, one of the things that he mentioned was Murray becomes a team captain and there's only a second season in the league. But one of the things that he mentioned here is that he is more than just a young quarterback. He is a team leader. Now, um, can you be, is it that, is it, is it that couldn't dry that you are, can you be that leader? Can you be that leader in your second year? Is it that, is it that cut and dry? Is it, can you, can you step up and make the necessary changes and adjustments to, to be, to take that status? Well, apparently he has because I, 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 you know, I'm a firm believer of not giving anybody something just to give it to them. And like I said, he he seems like he's poised. I, and I look at something even off the field, Jay. He actually went and you see the transformation of his body and what he's done. Right. That means that that means that dude's been putting some work in. And I also have confidence in the fact that he's been in that playbook and you know getting his voice. And I think he. You know, those are some steps. You know, he's actually showing that he wants this. And his coaches see that too. And to, for them to have that confidence in him in his second year. And like I said, the thing with, you know, being a number one overall pick uh, for the organization, you know, first round pick and everything, that kind of right there, uh, it, it breeds confidence. But we've seen, you know, we I guess we could go back to the Josh Rosen situation. They didn't have a lot of confidence in him. True. And he wasn't rewarded. And we see how he's fallen off. A lot of that wasn't his, uh, you know, doing. But there is something to be said for what they've kind of put on Murray's 
chest and on his shoulders. And that's all they keep talking about is how much he has grown over the last year or so. And we'll see it. You know, I think in his play alone, we'll see uh, some of the uh, additional confidence. But, like, you know, and we'll, we'll monitor his voice, meaning out on the field, does he have it in him like a Brady or a, a Rogers or a Breeze when it comes down to it? You have to be ready. Sometimes you have to correct dudes on the field. Right. And that, that's where that next step comes. You know, I, I was out there on the field a few times, and I got corrected. And you don't take offense to it, but, you know, that's coming from that man in charge. And we'll see how guys respond to that, and we'll see whether he can actually have that voice and do that as well. So speaking of responding, uh, Patrick Peterson was named one of those eight captains. And so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how he responds to – so last year, so last season, we know that he was suspended the first few games – so, of course, he wasn't named a team captain at that point. And so this year he has been named a captain. So he's, he, he has that C on his, on his jersey again. And this is an important year for him. We, your, is this expected? Were you, is this expected for him to be named a captain again? If, for example, if he wasn't, would, you, would that raise an eyebrow if Patrick Peterson wasn't named a team captain? Yeah, that would definitely raise an eyebrow for him. And the other thing we have to take into consideration, he's had some, over these last couple of years, he's taken some, I guess, hits to that shield. You know, he was kind of one of those marquee guys, uh, you know, perennial pro bowler. You know, he went through the, 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 the situation where he was like, I guess, requesting a trade. You know, he probably lost, he obviously lost some people in the, 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 in the as far as fans, but he also told, probably lost a few of his teammates. Uh, he went through the PED suspension thing last year. So he's got some, I guess, some chinks in the armor, if you want to call it that. And this is an opportunity for him, not just, you know, on the field, you know, playing a great role as far as a shutdown corner, but also getting that leadership, I guess, quality and aura back. So I know a lot of guys are going to be looking at him. And like I said, not just his actions on the field, but they're going to be following him. Uh, just to see what he's bringing to the table away from it as well. And for the most part, this is a put up or shut up year for, for Patrick. You know, we, we've been down a little bit, time to see him rise again. And it's a great opportunity for him. I think he's the type of player that will respond. I hope so, because so goes he, goes, so goes some of this defense. And I think, you know, with, with that chip on his shoulder, we can only, you know, if he comes through, we can only imagine what type of year he might have. So I want to transition and believe in the Arizona Cardinals, Ed Smith, Javon Adams here. And and again, we're going to get to the matchup with the 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals coming up in week one. But this week it was announced that there was a contract extension, kind of a, you know, maybe a small, a little small one with DeAndre Hopkins. And when I say small, I mean uh, extension of two years, $54.5 million dollars. Uh, so about $27.25 million per year. And and so uh, this this just seems that it was – the Cardinals had to do this because if you go through and you and you take – you go through the process of trading for him, you want to, you want to keep him in the fold. You don't want it to be a, a short-term fix. But what was interesting to me is that – I don't know how involved he was, but that, that it was reported that he did a lot of the negotiations, negotiations himself. So I wanted to, I wanted to get your thoughts – Twofold. One, are you impressed that he was involved? And I'm not saying he did it all by himself because he had a team of people that were saying, all right, yeah, man, we'll do that. But 
from what I understand, and tell me, tell, please correct me, and, and believe believe you me, y'all. Ed will be quick to correct me if I am wrong on something. But but so, but when you're going through those negotiations, they're trying to do everything they can to say this is why we shouldn't give you this money, and why we should give you X minus whatever that is. Because because we trying to we we trying to keep some money in the in our pockets and not give it all to you. What is that? Are you impressed with that? And then what is that negotiation process like when you are you know when you're when you're a player and you got to let your agent do it? How how stressful is it? So so one, are you impressed? And then on the other the flip side of it, I couldn't be more impressed to be honest with you because you know I in all my contract negotiations day I never I never did them myself personally. I always had my agent do it. We were dealing with a whole lot less zeros uh, than DeAndre was working with, right? So, and even in the small numbers I was dealing with, you know, my agent would come to me and he'd say, well, this is what we got, you know, put in front of us. And it was a yay or a nay. And when I saw whatever I saw, I was like, yeah, take it. You know, just stop calling. You know, don't don't even hang up the phone. Let them know right now, you know. So the fact that he was able to be a part of the negotiation, one, it leads me to believe, but he did his homework for one, and he probably, you know, nowadays players they compare notes and things like that. So he had some things to work with, you know, some some of the other. And everybody wants to be the highest paid, but they always want to they also want to help each other out. So you know, he probably got a little advice from some of the other guys who gone before him. Right. But the, the fact that he was able to be a part of it, because I guarantee you, most guys they have no idea. They just wait for the agent to call. They give you the number, and then the first question back to the agent is. What do you think? You know, <laughs> most, guys, most guys don't know. True. The fact, true. the fact that he had some sense of this is what I want. This is what you asked them. And then obviously the agents, they have the, they're the ones who, you know, is all the incentives and the this and the guaranteed money. And, uh, but, you know, the fact that he was involved at all with that many zeros behind that first number and all them commas, that leads me to, like I said, I'm really impressed with what he did and the fact that he was educated, educated himself enough to make itself part of the process. Yeah, and that's and I, I imagine that some of the things, again, because I, I think it's probably the same and you of course this is uh blending over to another sport that you that you're very familiar with when in baseball when they when you go through arbitration, they tearing you down. They tearing you mm-hmm. down. They're gonna say everything out what you not as opposed to what you are to be able to try to make sure they keep as much money as possible. So yeah, definitely kudos go to DeAndre Hopkins when it comes to that contract negotiation and that contract. I can't be mad at that one bit. So again, believe in the Arizona Cardinals. Let's get, let's transition to talking about this matchup with the, with the 49ers Uh, coming week one, they're going the Arizona Cardinals will be traveling to Santa Clara. It's, an interesting trip one because there will be no fans in the stands but also because of all the wildfires that are going on up in the up in northern california just really all, all throughout california i got family in cali i got partners and good friends that live up in, in northern california and the bay area and all that stuff so it's crazy you see some of the pictures where it looks where it looks like the apocalypse is is upon yeah. upon them down up in up in the, the, that area so your thoughts on this matchup again revisiting it a little bit i went to si.com uh, the part of the the micro site that that touches on the 49ers i wanted to give you, get your thoughts on some what they view as five players to watch in this week one matchup with the 49ers and the cardinals so one they have trent williams 
the left tackle of the 49ers. And I would imagine that's because he'll be when you got Chandler Jones, you got to, you got to make sure you got to make sure that you're looking out there. The other is Christian Kirk. So, I thought that's interesting, of course, because you have Larry Fitzgerald, then you also have DeAndre Hopkins. If you can try to neutralize those, and that should present options for for Christian Kirk, so we'll see if he takes advantage of those. Isaiah Simmons is is the third person that they mentioned, third player that they mentioned, but if we look at the depth chart from the Arizona Cardinals, we'll see that he's actually not starting. So he's number two on the depth chart when it comes when it comes to being um, that linebacker safety kind of hybrid there. And then uh, Emmanuel Mosley, the cornerback for the San Francisco 49ers, again, because coverage is going to be key if, if, if Kyler Murray is going to be able to take that next step up to be able to, to really take advantage of that receiving core that he has. And then lastly, the nose tackle uh, from San Francisco 49ers, uh, DJ Jones. So your thoughts on, on, on any one of those and kind of how you see this kind of playing out. I'll give you a couple quick ones with Trent Williams. You said it. The big thing is matched up against Chandler Jones. Uh, we'll find out, you know, if, if Chandler can be disruptive. Um, as far as Christian Kirk, he is in line to have a big game if the 49ers do what I think they're going to do. Obviously, okay. you want to take away option number one, DeAndre Hopkins. He's the main focus of that San Francisco defense as far as the running or passing game. So you always try to have coverage shaded to him, help over the top, et cetera, et cetera. You're always going to be looking out for Larry in between the numbers because that's become Larry's forte. That leads Christian Kirk to be that outlet or – you know, that, that secret weapon, per se, for the Cardinals. You know, if he has a big game, you know, he can – and what happens if all of a sudden Christian Kirk starts to get off and you start having to pay a little more attention to him, then what do you do? Pay just a little less attention to DeAndre, and boom, that's how we get you. You know, that type of thing. Right. Um, it's, you know, and as far as some of the other matchups, um, Isaiah Simmons doesn't surprise me that he's not number one on the depth chart with everything that went on as far as – you know, the, the virus and not a lot of time in camp. And they don't want to overexpose this young man, meaning put him out there against a team like the 49ers who not just – here's the crazy part. Right now they're looking at tape from last year because that's all they have to go on. They got True. nothing to go on with preseason or anything like that. True. Uh, the 49ers are going to come out there, and I guarantee you there's going to be some surprises and wrinkles because we don't have any tape to go off. And even in preseason, you only show your vanilla stuff. So – Right out the box, the 49ers are going to have a couple wrinkles and stuff like that. If you're Isaiah Simmons, your head is already swimming, and then you get into live action. Remember we talked about mm-hmm. getting on a treadmill at yes. ten, speed of 10 with an incline of, like, 12? Right. You know, that's what it's going to be like. So I like the fact – and what they'll probably do with him, they'll have him in some situational stuff. They'll have him in, you know, maybe some third down packages – uh, shaded to Kittle and different things like that to get to kind of ease them into it. So for me, you know, it all sounds like I said, they, it sounds like they're going ahead with a plan and there's no alarm that, you know, he's not, you know, out there with the first team. You know, everything will take care of itself in due time. But, you know, an interesting matchup, though. I mean, right out the box, man, we got these Niners, oh, you know, NFC champions, not, not going to be an easy task. But that is interesting. You bring up, and I don't know why I didn't think about this, but this is that's why you're Ed Smith and I'm just Javon Adams. Right? <laughs> is is that if if all if it plays out the way it's supposed to, where all eyes to quote a Tupac song are on Larry Fitzgerald and, and DeAndre Hopkins, if Christian Kirk can stay healthy, 
then that presents a lot of opportunities for him. And then if you have to play everybody up uh, honest with man-to-man coverage, then that gives a lot of opportunities for Christian Kirk to really be able to shine and, and do what he needs to do. I'll give you another secret to the formula too, though, Jay. Okay. If they can come out there and establish a running game with Kenyon Drake, yes. make them respect that, that will also free things up on the backside. If you come out there and there's a couple things that can happen, you can either not try your running game or you try it a couple times and get frustrated with it and abandon it. Yeah. And, I mean, you become very one-dimensional. For me, it's all about – and sometimes those two- and three-yard runs – Bruh, those are even though they look like they're not successful, that's those are setups. Those are you start getting everybody thinking about, you know, we're pounding the ball and you, you know, you might crack one for ten, and all of a sudden the safety starts cheating up. Boom! That's when you hit them over the top. You just can't allow them to not respect the running game and expect your passing game to be successful. So that's the part that I hope. Cliff has worked on over his, his mindset, his mental, in terms of using the weapons he has, using, yeah, don't be shaking that paper, get third and third and eight, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, you know. And like I said, don't be afraid, even on some of those third downs, those draws and screens and things like that, it doesn't all have to be up the field. And if he can keep that in mind, use the weapons we have, establish that running game, it'll make it things a whole lot easier on the back end eventually. Now that's interesting that you say that because it, I think that is a habit we've had. We've had coaches here for the Arizona Cardinals that abandon that running game a little bit too early. And so then everything goes out of whack. At what point do you, do you try to pivot to be able to, to make those adjustments when it comes to the running game, if it's not happening and really trying to stick with it and being able to say, I'll take those two and three yards because maybe in the third or the fourth quarter, as long as we can keep this thing close, that we'll be able to break some and really get, really be able to sustain a drive. It actually has to be a mindset. It's not just like, there's no script to it. Let's just say that much. You have to make it a, a concerted effort to keep that part of your game active at all times. And sometimes it is tough because, you know, initially it doesn't look like it's working. Uh, maybe we look like we're overmatched in the, in, at the front and we kind of, you know, we kind of get away, get away from it. My thing is, and I've been on teams where our philosophy, when I was with the 98 Falcons, for instance, we were a running team with play action that helped us over the top. We were not a team that was going to drop back and throw the ball 35, 40 times. It was a different era of football back then, obviously. But we, our running game was first and foremost. And when it didn't work, it was up to our offensive coordinator to figure out, okay, let's change the scheme. Don't get away from it. Let's change the scheme of what we're blocking and how we're trying to attack and then figure out from there. It wasn't, well, this isn't working. We got to start throwing the ball. It was, okay, this isn't working, these particular schemes. Get the grease board. We sit over there, and I'm talking grease board. Nowadays, yeah. you use the pads and everything. I wish I had those days. <laughs> back, back when I was playing, man, we had VHS tapes and stuff. We would take home to look at our tape. Now these guys take iPads and stuff like that home, but I digress. Yeah. yeah. But it is a mindset of, okay, <clears throat> excuse me, this isn't working. Let's not abandon it. Let's figure out how to make it work so they at least have to respect it. So that's the thing. It's not necessarily trying to run the same thing over and over again. It's trying to figure out how do we run this to make it successful. 
Indeed. So believe in the Arizona Cardinals. So we've come to that part of the show where we like to give our picks. And as man, Casual E would say that we haters. We're supposed to be believing the Arizona Cardinals. We, we, we speak truth here, Casual E. But so I want to get your thoughts on who you think is going to win. So I'll start it off. I'll start it off, Ed. So let's go. I, man, I, I think I think it'll be a close game given the fact that it is week one, no preseason. Um, that the la- last season, both games were, were close. Um, so I, I, but I think that the 49ers will pull it out. I think it'll probably be, I think it'll be a seven seven point. The the 49ers win by by a touchdown. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be a hard fought game, and it won't be. It'll be decided in the fourth quarter. So it won't be one of those where the Cardinals make a furious comeback and fall by seven. But I think that it'll be a close game. But the Cardinals will end up coming up short in a close game in the fourth quarter. What are your thoughts? Normally, you know, when you're going on the road, you're like, wow, they got to go into the hostile environment of X Y Z. Right now, with no fans in the stadium. It's kind of a, a neutralizer. We've seen that even with the NBA playoffs. You know, there's no more going to somebody else's, you know, house and having to not just battle the team but the fans. So that's one thing that brings us to a more interesting competition for me. But with the weapons of the San Francisco 49ers, and I don't think we've even seen, I guess, full Garoppolo yet. I just think with that running game and – Kittle and some of the weapons they have is this a little too much for the Cardinals? If Don't forget they're missing some of those wide receivers for 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 a couple of weeks. So true. I still got the but, but yeah, yeah, I still have the 49ers. If it was later in the season, and I got you know, and then the other thing we're talking about going into this, and we talked about this last week. It's blind date, man. We don't know what anybody. You know, we haven't seen preseason <laughs> or nothing. You don't look nothing like your picture. Bruh. Yeah, when that door opens up, we don't know what we're gonna see. Yeah, but just being. All things accounted for, the 49ers were the NFC champions last year, went to the Super Bowl. There are leaps we have to take to get to that level, and I know it's week one, and but I'm, I'm going to go with the 49ers reluctantly. I do think, like you, it's not going to be one of those blowout games. But I just think the, the 49ers are talented. I think they'll take this game, and if we're giving scores, I'd say it's going to be in that 24 to – 20 or 17 range, something like that. There we go. He is Ed Smith, and I am Javon Adams, and we do this every week. So please tell a friend to tell a friend. So we'll join you next week with the recap of week one and then go into that week two matchup and figure out a couple of uh, couple of things that we want to touch base on in between. So as we always like to say around this time, you can. Until next week, be easy out there. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.